0: welcome to the official podcast of apostolic lighthouse we'd like to thank you for listening today we pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that god is working in your life enjoy the message Distant from all of us. The Bible says that he's everywhere all the time, so that means that we all have the same proximity to the impossible. Matthew chapter 14 verse 22. We're familiar with this story. We've heard it all before. You guys could all tell this story, but God showed me something different, and I want to share it with you today. Verse 22 says, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Verse 23 says, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost, and they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And verse 29 says, so he said, come. We often wonder whether or not Jesus has favorites. I would like to think I'm a favorite. But he doesn't. Take a look at this. We could have called this, we called this message proximity to the impossible, but we could have called this message what about the 11 disciples? Jesus was equally close to all of the disciples on that ship, but only one, Peter, asked for the impossible to defy the laws of gravity, and the Lord said, Come. How many of us are missing out? on impossible answers, blessings, abundance, solution, direction, because we are uncomfortable with the impossible. Never forget that God created the laws of nature, but he is not bound by them. We make the mistake of putting our own limitations and our own shortcomings on God, or even putting our humanity on God. Isaiah 55 Verse nine says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. We're waiting for permission and God gives us a one word invitation. He says to come. Jeremiah 33 verse three says, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. But what do we have to do? We have to call you want the great and mighty things which you do not know, you want answers that are going to blow your mind, you have to call. Let's take a look at another story, and again, you guys know this one well. Mark chapter 5, verse 25, and we're going to read through 34. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years, and she suffered many things from many physicians. She spent all that she had and was no better but rather she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and she touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately, verse 29 says, the fountain of blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus Immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, "Who touched my clothes?" But his disciples said to him, "You see this multitude thronging you? and you say, Who touched me?" So let's paint a little picture for you. It's almost like a parade, and you know Jesus is just trying to get through the streets and so many people are thronging him, just sort of fangirling and only one stepped forward and touched the hem of his garment. Jesus is saying, yeah, I get it, everyone's touching me, but somebody touched me, believing that the impossible would be made possible for her, and virtue came out of me. Isn't that amazing? The proximity to Jesus in this story was even closer Then the 12 disciples on the ship and Jesus out on the water. This is people shoulder to shoulder with Jesus. But one touched the hem of his garment, believing that the impossible would be made possible. And then let's look at verse 32. And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, knowing that she was instantly healed, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And look at verse 34. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Today, I'm here to tell you, don't be satisfied rubbing shoulders with virtue. I want my miracle. I want my blessing. I want my testimony, and I want my answer. Jesus Messiah. In these accounts, the people that were blessed were the ones that that took a chance, that ventured out, that went against the grain, that did something contrary to what the rest of the crowds were doing. Your relationship with God has to be personal. And we can pray for our families, of course, but we've got to have a personal walk with God. And you've got to understand this relationship is one that you can burst into the throne room of God at any time and say, Father, I need an answer. I need virtue. I need the power of God to intervene in my situation. I'm not comfortable not being able to, I've got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. We get comfortable in our situations that we're praying that we get out of. Stop being comfortable with a situation that was never intended for you and start being comfortable getting uncomfortable. I'm comfortable with miracles. I'm comfortable with not being able to make sense of it, not being able to explain it. I want everything that the Lord has for me. God inhabits the praises of his people. We know that. We can feel his presence usher in when we sing and when we worship. So that means that when we gather in this house together every Sunday and every Thursday, every time the doors are open, and we feel the presence of God, we are all equally close to the impossible. Our proximity to Jesus is exactly the same. And he gives us that one word invitation to come. So the rest is up to us. We've got to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. We've got to reach out and touch the Lord and say this. Is the day that I receive my miracle this is the day that I get my answer my blessing this is the day Matthew chapter 7 verses 7 through 8 ask and it will be given to you seek and you will find knock and it will be opened unto you verse 8 says for everyone who asks receives oh interesting. You can't receive unless you ask, you can't find unless you seek, and you can't get an open door unless you're knocking. There are certain situations in our lives, my mom spoke about it earlier, that will require many prayers, brick by brick until they become an altar before the Lord that cannot be ignored. But on the other hand, for the most part, I believe in asking God for something one time. One prayer. Why? Because I believe God hears me the first time that I pray. And how do I know? Because there was a time in the not-so-distant past that I asked God for something repeatedly. And by repeatedly, I mean multiple times a day, every day, for the same thing so much so that God sent a man who had no idea what I was praying for to deliver a message to me. And he said, stop yanking on God's shirt. Sorry, what? Stop yanking on God's shirt, he says. God heard your request the first time that you prayed it. Basically, stop yanking on a shirt, stop asking for it, and get this. He says, put your house In order. How do we get our house in order? How do we do our part to make room for the impossible? Well, we've got to prepare for the impossible. We've got to create space for the impossible to happen in our lives and we've got to make way for the miraculous. So our slogan for today should be one prayer, then prepare. Doesn't that have a nice ring to it? One prayer, then prepare. How do we do that? Well, we've got to actually apply for that job that we're praying for, right? And you know that scholarship application, it's not going to fill itself out. It's not going to take care of itself. While you are praying, you've got to do your part to prepare for the miracle. You know, it's funny because God has given us all the tools that we need, but a tool is just a tool until it's in somebody's hand and it's actually doing something and whittling away at something. Doctors can say, you can, you can go see the best doctor in the world and they can give you the best advice, but if you don't follow it, are you really doing your part? Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So while you're filling out that application, while you're praying for that impossible dream and taking action, remember this, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Preparation looks a lot like faith in action, but if we are not careful, we will become more comfortable praying for the impossible than preparing for it. The woman with the issue of blood was not unlike the rest of the people that thronged Jesus. It was wall-to-wall traffic to be near him. They were all equally close, but only one reached for the impossible. And notice that when Peter asked to join Jesus out on the water, this could have gone so many different ways. The rest of the disciples equally close to Jesus in the boat are looking on as Peter asked to join Jesus out on the water, and Jesus could have so very easily said, you know what, Peter, God bless, this is God-sized stuff, me walking on the water, so I'm going to stay over here and do what I do, and you stay on that boat and do what humans should be doing, which is being safe because I created gravity and have a good day, right? But he didn't do that. When Peter asked to explore the impossible, when Peter had faith enough that if this is in fact Jesus, I will be able to defy gravity, I will be able to meet him out on the water, and God gives a one-word invitation he says to come. You know, when kids are learning how to swim for the first time and sporting those really cool floaties, right? And their mom or their dad is chest deep in the pool, without hesitation, without giving a second thought, they will go flying, they will, right before they jump off, they will plug their nose, close their eyes, and call out to their parent and say, catch me. Because even though they can't swim yet, they know that as soon as they run, as soon as they jump, as soon as they leap off of that diving board into the deep end of the pool, their loving father, their loving mother, their loving family member is going to be there to catch them. We are all equally close to the impossible every single day. Our proximity to the impossible is the same, but some people have excuses oh, God has favorites, or God's just been really blessing their life over there, or they they just must have a lot of faith. We can't put human-sized limitations on ourselves because we serve a God that makes the impossible possible. Don't you dare put limitations on God. We have shortcomings, but God doesn't. We are created, but he has no creator. He set the laws of nature into motion but he is above the laws that he created and he is not bound by space or time. So if you're fighting something today that feels impossible, I love what David said in Psalm 18, 19. He delivered me because he delighted in me. Isn't that beautiful? He delivered me because he delighted in me. I think we really sell ourselves short on how God feels about this. And maybe it's because our human relationships have been hurtful or disappointing and they haven't been so great. And again, don't put human behaviors on God. Humans mess up. God never messes up. He never misses. Humans make mistakes. God has never nor will ever make a mistake. God delights in his children just as good parents delight in their children. He delivered me because he delighted in me. Some of you can look back at your own lives even now and ask, how did I get that impossible scholarship? How did I get that impossible job where literally every other applicant in the room was more qualified, had the better resume, but they picked you. But God, look at God. Impossible made possible. Opportunities that should never have been given to you were given to you Because God made it possible. And you know what? If while I'm up here today, you're wondering, like, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever experienced that. Well, you know what? Today's the day to experience it. If you're a little bit confused and looking at me like, huh, I don't know. That doesn't sound like something that's ever happened for me. Well, maybe you need to step off the boat. Maybe you need to reach out and touch the hem of his garment. We've got a part to play in this. You can't just pray and do nothing. We've got to prepare. One prayer and then prepare. You know, I believe if you build spiritual storehouses, God will bring the increase. Pick up a hammer do your part. I do not want to miss out on what God has for me. And you know what? When I look back over my own life already, I see the handprints of God. And sometimes I'm left scratching my head because it doesn't make sense. But that's okay. I don't need to make sense of it. I don't want to make sense of it. All I know is that I would not be where I am today without God. shared this before and back in my Sunday school days and I just love seeing my they're all their smiling faces in here when I was a Sunday school teacher I've shared this before but it bears repeating this man had a vision of heaven and he was given a tour by an angel and the angel took him to grand room after grand room and mansion after mansion and finally the angel brought him to what looked like a storage facility. Shelves went up to a ceiling that didn't seem to end, and they were lined with packages, beautifully wrapped with gift tags hanging off of each of them. And the man on the tour spoke to the angel and said, what is this place? And the angel said, these are all of the gifts that God had intended to give to specific individuals but they never asked for it. Oh my God. I don't wanna miss out on anything that God has for me. And when I get to heaven, whether it's great or small, possible or impossible, whatever God has for me, I want my shelf to be empty when I get to heaven. shelf to be empty you know we're not just supposed to like yeah well Christians are just really supposed to just try their best and just make it to heaven by the skin of their teeth no we are meant to live an overcoming life right now right here like we talked about before but we are winners we are victorious we are overcomers and I'm not satisfied with living half a life. I want everything that God has for me. I want to have so believed in the impossible and made room for the impossible and prepared for the impossible that every single gift that God has created specifically for me was released to the earth during my lifetime. Because I believe that it was possible. Preparing for the impossible looks a lot like action. It looks like stepping out of the boat or fighting the crowds to get to Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 says, For all of the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen to the glory of God through us. You know, we know what yes means, right? Yes means yes. And amen means so be it. So if we read this again, for all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him so be it to the glory of God through us. And remember, when we ask God for the impossible, Remember what he told Peter. If it's in his perfect will to give it to you, by his grace and for his glory, he will say, come. God bless you. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast. And may God bless you.